your fellowship to us that represents your person within our midst our father we honor you our god we pray you accept our worship accept the the melodies thanksgiving from our heart the best we know how to we're not very good at it we are still uh, getting better but the degree to which you have poured your the consciousness of your life of yourself of your person of your glory within our heart we return that same measure father to you say that you are worthy of all glory all praise all adoration all reverence this morning we worship your holy name and we bless you thank you father for the privilege again to sit at your feet even at the feet of your son jesus the great shepherd of the sheep who leads his children he leads his flock into pastures Thank you, Lord Jesus. We honor you this morning, and we give all the praises to your name. I yield my heart and my vessel unto you, my Lord and my Father and my Savior. Come and take it, and as you always use it, use it again afresh, how you please, and be free to bless us this morning, our Father. I pray let every heart that is listening receive a unique blessing. Thank you, our Father. Help us to flow by the Spirit. Help us to move at the frequency of the Spirit. Thank you, our Lord. And we give all the glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, let us take our Bibles this morning. Good morning to everybody. Hope you are doing if you're doing well, if you had a blessed week, praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Um, let us uh, open our Bibles to the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation... Chapter, chapter one, Revelation chapter one. Praise the Lord. Uh, it says, "I read from verse verse eight. Revelation one verse eight. It says, "I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending." saith the Lord, which is, and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. Verse 9 says, I, John, who am also, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and the patience of Jesus Christ, 
was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Praise God. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a, a great voice saying, I, I am Alpha, great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, unto Pergamos, unto Theatira, unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, Verse 9 again says that I am your brother, I also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom, praise God, and and the patience of of Jesus Christ, praise God. And we, I think, from Wednesday, by God's grace, we began to see the uh, we began to see the credentials, which we looked a little bit at these credentials, which John mentioned here, and we were looking at that and superimposing it with the credentials of the of this angel the same angel uh, which appeared here unto him uh, which spoke himself in the book of revelation chapter 19 let us see revelation chapter 19 praise the lord amen Amen. thank you jesus i just i just feel to this morning just commend everybody who has been making effort i mean over a long time now to stay with the word of god and to um continue to follow the pasture uh you know um in the book of um in uh, peter spoke and he said that praise god in second peter that we have a more sure word of prophecy right which you will do well to heed unto us on a light that shines in a dark place right until the day dawns and the day star will arise in in your hearts praise god and um i i I think we are doing well those of us who are doing well to heed unto the light that shines in a dark place um following these teachings following the word of god um i know that so for many of us we are already reaping fruits Praise God, and the, but there is even greater harvest ahead in the in the very near future. I mean, I mean, fruits of righteousness. Uh, praise God, fruits of inheritance uh, in the spirit. So I just want to just send out an encouragement to everybody uh, that the Lord um, sees your effort, your labor in the spirit. Praise and everybody who labors in doctrine will receive spiritual blessing. And spiritual blessing is not quantifiable. You can't quantify it. Amen. And that's the kind of blessing that we want to have. Praise God. And I sense even a greater desire in the heart of God to bless more. Um, I'm, I'm seeing more or more. Uh, I'm seeing many hearts and souls. I see coming into more tangibility of even manifestation of stature in the spirit. Uh, More spiritual, there will be more evidence 
of growth this year by God's grace. Um, I, I think many of us are, are getting to a threshold. It's a threshold where things give way. The things of the old man, the things of the former man, the things of the carnal nature. Uh, you know, the old man is a rascally kind of creature uh, that even to the last, it's dying breath, it will fight you and act as if it's, you, it will never live for eternity, yeah. as if it has everlasting life. <laughs> but it's not true. It's not true. Every manifestation of the, of, of the old man can die. Mm-hmm. And it can, it can die completely. It can die fully. And it, it can give birth to the resurrection of a new life, a new nature, a new stature. Um, I'm seeing many souls adorned with beautiful fruits Amen. of righteousness. Amen. I, I, I mean, I'm seeing beauty all around beginning to emerge from hearts and souls of people who have been diligent, who have been following the word, who have been following the, the, the doctrine and who have been, who have been uh, finding grace to follow the speaking of the Lord. Praise God. And I think in the last meeting there was also the, the angel that was, that was bringing these things, that was speaking and you're saying, speaking about the, well, the Lord was speak, speaking to us about the importance of following the angel, right? And following him, you know, I interpreted it that it has to do with his utterances and it has to do with the word, the doctrine that is that it's coming. Praise God. You know, sometimes to the way the work of the devil has been kicked inside of us is by a series of understanding. Understanding means that that which is under, which comes together so you can stand. That's the meaning of understanding. So, so many of us who have had standing in the flesh, why flesh is resilient is because we, had, we have a standing in the flesh. And the standing is because of an understanding which has been woven over years into the, our nature. Praise God. But one thing that this, the doctrine, doctrine of Christ, of course, which is the, the first syllables of doctrine of freedom in the spirit, uh, the, the, one of the, the things that it does is that when you, are, when you follow, it's not possible for a soul, for a man to follow diligently the thoughts of Christ. I mean, you are breaking it down, you are submitting your heart to it, and following the, the, the journey and progression of understanding of Christ, that that will not interfere with your present understanding. It's not possible. And, and that is good. And it doesn't happen in one day. That's why souls get discouraged. But I just want to encourage. The Lord wants me this morning to encourage everybody um, that to continue. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And we'll, we'll begin to record great victories in the spirit. Praise yes. the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In Revelation chapter, in Revelation chapter 19, <clears throat> um, in verse 10, right? Uh, he says, And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Praise the Lord. The testimony of Jesus is the what? Is the spirit of is the spirit of prophecy, and he said it again in chapter twenty-two. 
where in verse 9, it says that, See then, that then said he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of, the, of this book, worship God. So those who keep the sayings of the book, amen, are the, these brethren, the prophets. And those, so these who he called the prophets are those who have the spirit of Jesus, of, sorry, the spirit of what? The prophet of, the spirit of prophecy, sorry. So the brethren, the prophet are those who have, who receive what you call the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's called the spirit of prophecy. Every soul that has received the spirit of prophecy, amen, amen. is that soul becomes a fellow mm. in this order. And the spirit of prophecy is what he calls the testimony of Jesus. That testimony of Jesus um, is the spirit of what? Of prophecy. So it's the spirit of prophecy that makes a soul a prophet. Praise God. Hallelujah. And now in, in Revelation chapter 1, John was saying here that I, I am your brother. So he is also a brother. Praise God. Hallelujah. And a companion in tribulation. So he was a brother, but his brotherhood is not in the testimony. You know, instead of the angel said, I am of your brethren, the prophets. But John did not say, I am the, of your brethren, the prophet. But he said, I am also a brother. Your, and when he says, your brother, who, was, who is your there? He was speaking to who? The churches. Praise God. So in the place where the churches have journeyed to spiritually, they are journeyed into a place of brotherhood to speak. So to speak, um, but they are, it's, it's brotherhood in and in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. Praise God! It's the kingdom and then what? And patience of Jesus Christ. So, so there is there is what you call the kingdom and the patience of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's the kingdom and the what? And the patience of Jesus Christ. And this, this state qualifies someone to move into the a higher place. A higher place in the spirit. Right. Now, towards the end of the revelation... The angel was now saying, he, was, he wasn't speaking about trials and companionship in trials and tribulation now. Of course, we know trial and tribulation are also parts of the, the, the pathway. They are also component of the cause of Christ in the spirit. Um, but he was saying at, towards the end that I am your, your fellow servant, which we are fellows, a servant, which John is also a fellow, according to... Revelation chapter 1, he said, sent it and signified it to his servant John. Praise the Lord. And, but towards the end of Revelation, he now began to speak about brotherhood according to the spirit of prophecy. Praise God. He began to look at what brotherhood according to the what spirit of prophecy. 
the spirit of prophecy. Praise God. Now, that spirit of prophecy is not that I am in the fivefold office as a prophet. Amen. Neither does it mean that, of course, it doesn't mean I'm a prophet after the Lord. That's, that's very obvious. It doesn't mean fivefold ministry prophet as an office. Are you seeing that? And neither is he talking about the gift of prophecy in First Corinthians. Amen. Amen. He's not talking about either of those things. This yeah. is a different thing altogether. Yes, that they, when they interpret the meaning of spirit of prophecy, hey, this guy has the spirit of prophecy. Yeah. What are you talking about? What they are speaking of here is the testimony of Jesus, yes, which is what yes, John the Apostle, praise God, yeah. who all came here to receive. Yes, According to chapter 1. So as I, as I that chapter 1, verse 1, from the, verse 1 down, it was declared that he came for the testimony. Yes, sir. Amen. Let's read from chapter 1, verse 1. It says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. So, it is servants who, who it is the servants of. Now, these servants are the servants of Jesus Christ. Right? So, God gave the revelation of Jesus Christ to him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel, that's the angel of his servant, unto his own servant John praise God so he sent it unto his servant John who bore record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things which he saw means he bore record of them after he saw them if so and also what he saw were the was the word of God Amen. And then he saw the testimony of Jesus Christ. Praise God. He saw the word of God. And then he saw the word testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, there is that thing called the word of God. That's the real treasure. Which the testimony of Jesus Christ is meant to bring you into. Or... And now if you want to use the, the light we are seeing to interpret this verse 2, it will say, Who bore record of the word of God and of the spirit of prophecy and of all things that he saw? Would that be accurate? Yes, because if the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, then it means that what John also bore record of the, the content of the spirit of prophecy. Yes, now, so the spirit of prophecy is prophesying about something. Mm. Right. If, if the testimony is the spirit of prophecy, then there is actually something beyond that, that that's behind the spirit of prophecy, which the spirit of prophecy is trying to show. That's why prophecy, the spirit of prophecy, then you now say the testimony of Jesus. So it means that which Jesus testifies, praise God, 
is about a prophecy. It's a particular prophecy mm. about something. Mm. And that prophecy is actually the prophecy. What the prophecy is about, it's about the word of God. Mm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you seeing that? Yes, it's about the what? The word. It's about the word of God. So who bear record of the word of God and then of the testimony of prophecy? Now, that testimony of Jesus or the spirit of prophecy is the prophecy means path way mm. prophecy means the 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 is the prophecy is the unveiling the the exposure of pathways mm. praise god Hallelujah. so when you see the word of god is actually surrounded by the spirit of prophecy mm. which must which capacitates a person to find way even into the word. Mm. Amen. Amen. So when you, when you now see Christ, that person they call Jesus Christ. Jesus was a man mm-hmm. who became Christ. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the testimony of Jesus Christ is the, it actually, is actually the manifestation of the way mm. into the word of God. It is the, the the uh, when you are able to co- consume everything that Jesus Christ represents, mm. that is a prophet. You've come into a prophetic. Um, you've come into a, you've acquired prophetic materials, mm. prophetic essence mm. that causes God to be unveiled. Mm. Or and I love the way they put it here. They call it actually the Word of God. They call it the word of God. Praise the Lord. The word of God. So you need the spirit of prophecy to be able to have access into the word of God. Anybody who doesn't have the spirit of prophecy cannot have access into the word of God. So who actually, the person who can access God's word is actually a kind of life mm. that can interpret the word of God. Mm. Amen. Amen. It's what I say. It's a kind of life that can do what? Interpret. And based on what we've been seeing, the, the life that can interpret the word, that can begin to interpret the word of God mm. is the life of the fullness mm-hmm. of Christ. Yes, is the life of what? The fullness of Christ. Or what we call the precious life. Is the, is the precious life. Or the life of the fullness of Christ. Is, uh, so I don't know what for the fullness of Christ. Is the fullness of Christ. Is the. Is a life. That. Is that. Is a life. That is um, driven. Driven is, is too little to describe it, but is a life that is actually brought about. Is a life that is carried. A life that is moved. That is lived by the spirit of prophecy.
Praise God. Hallelujah. What did I say? By the spirit of, of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy. So, the purpose of fullness in Christ is to break a soul into the prophetic spirit. To, and to break a soul, to give a soul a prophetic inheritance. That is to give the soul capacity for prophecy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Does that make any sense to us at all? Yes, Amen. 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 Now, let's, let's read Revelation chapter 5. When he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. Amen. Amen. Um, okay, let me just stay a little bit on what I just said to break it down because we know we have we, we understand at different levels. So I don't want to lose some people. Praise God. So what, what does it mean when we say prophecy? Prophecy. Prophecy means the the that which that it is the bringing into the present of that which is to come. Right, or prophecy is the amen, amen. the ability is that which reaches into the into that which is unseen. Mm. It reaches into that which is invisible. Mm. And and the, the accurate definition of invisible is God. Mm. In other words, there is not the only definition of invisible that's not relative. Every other re- definition of invisible like when you see the oxygen here is invisible. That's a relative thing. It's invisible to the naked eye, but it's not invisible to the things that you use, that you can see the, mi- the microscopic lenses and all. You can use it to see molecules and all of that. So in that, with such lenses, it's not invisible. Do you understand that? Praise God. You can say heaven is invisible, but really there are beings there who live there the way you live on the earth. To them, heaven is not invisible. But when you go to a realm in heaven, you will see beings who will tell you, okay, there's an higher realm here that is invisible Mm. to them, but it's still relative. Mm. But the accurate meaning of invisibility is God, because Mm. God is the only being to whom nothing is invisible. Right. And God is the only being to... To whom is only being who is invisible to every other thing. <laughs> so when you land at God, that word, that definition of the word invisible settles. This is the actual meaning of invisibility. That's why they call him the invisible God. The invisible God. It's just one, just one. There's no other one. He's the only one who, who, who cannot be seen. Who had immortality, dwelling in a light which no man can, no man had seen, no one can approach unto. Praise the Lord. So that God is invisible. So it means that anything that can touch God must be prophetic. Mm. 
by, by definition, right? Because yeah. he is invisible. Yeah. He's beyond God. They call him past finding out, right? He's, he's past finding out how wonderful are his riches and, and all that. Praise God. His judgment. Uh-huh. And his ways are past finding out. His ways. Say ways. His ways, are, they are beyond finding out because they are, they, they are hid in the realm of invisibility. So, a man, so Christ is the man. We, we already know that Christ is the foundation of God. Am I correct when he says the foundation of God? Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, that he that named the name of Christ should depart. From iniquity. So that Christ is the foundation means Christ is actually what is who can access God. Mm. So, or in an absolute sense, is who can access that invisibility, the invisible, that all the resources of man can never see him. There's just one entity that can see him. So that's why they term it that you see when you come into that configuration, yeah. it is a, it is tantamount to a spirit. Mm. It's actually the operation of a spirit. The operation of the fullness of Christ mm. is the operation of a spirit. Mm. Is a, a spiritual operation. Is the operation of the spirit of prophecy. Mm. Is actually a purely spiritual operation. Mm. When so, a soul comes to the fullness of Christ, the soul becomes purely prophetic mm. in nature. Mm. Christ is the prophetic man. Yes, sir. Christ is the man that can step into what is next. Yes. Oh. Oh. Amen. Amen. After, Amen. <laughs> praise God. Amen. Is the, Christ is the only man that can cross the great gulf, that great gulf of invisibility that separates man and God. Are you seeing that? So are you seeing that the Christ nature is actually prophetic? Yeah. And when Christ has become full, amen, he has, it's actually that soul has become a prophetic soul. Amen. So, it's very clear that the, the precious life is a prophetic life. Yes, sir. <laughs> Do you know that charity is prophetic? Mm-hmm. The, the nature of charity is a prophetic nature. Yes, is a prophetic nature. Is a prophetic nature. It has it's something about if you can break down charity, check the attitude of charity. Let's read char- charity in Romans. Sorry, First Corinthians chapter <clears throat> First Corinthians chapter thirteen. Amen. Sorry, I, I just feel to break this down a bit more before we move further. First Corinthians thirteen. It says, uh, verse four. It says that charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunted not itself. It is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, 
thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but where there be prophecies, they shall fail. Of course, these prophecies is not talking about the kind of prophecy that we are speaking of. It says, whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and prophesy in part. But when that is perfect is come, that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away with. Praise God. Now you see this, this thing about charity here. The, these are the things that a man, this is the problem with charity, that a man who, is, who can only see the present, this behaving this way is it is you are if you behave this way you are behaving contrary to your existence. If you if you don't if let's say a carnal man reads this thing and tries to do it, you end up dying at some point. You would call that all these things wrote are fighting against your life. That the present is not is not woven. It's not is not crafted yeah. for men to live like this. Yeah. Now, let's say a man that doesn't take account of wrong. Can you, is, it, is it normal for a man to take account of wrong on the earth? If you are on the earth, you are a natural man, you better take account of wrong. You are better. You are better. <laughs> I mean, when just by going by the world standard, yes, you had better take account of wrong doing. The way men naturally know how to navigate life and, and dwell in safety is by properly assimilating and digesting the wrongs of men. You see, in, the, in their relationship, okay, this one, we don't go there anymore. From today, we avoid this area. We avoid this side. We avoid because why this is if you don't avoid this area, these are the kind of hazard that can come yeah. from this yeah. from this relationship or from this place. Yeah. From that. That's the life of the natural man. And yeah. those things are actually they are the the code of sustenance of natural life. Yeah. Are you seeing that? Yeah. Which are interwoven into men's behavior. Yeah. Those things are what charity is coming is turning it upside down yeah. and Teaching men to bring that an opposite reaction yeah. to such things. Yeah. Now, uh, listen, listen. Look at the first one. Charity suffereth long. Is that a natural man? Is that not? Is that natural? It's not natural. The cause of nature is to end suffering. Right in the in the present world, there is no inherent value in suffering. Amen. Amen. And this kind, this kind is not natural kindness. What is the meaning of kind? Kindness being, it means being unreasonably good. All right. It means irras- being irrationally good. But the kind of kindness that men shows is still rational. When you, when you check it, yeah. when you check it, the, the word kindness doesn't really exist in the present. 
when you see a man being kind, he has, a, he has done a calculation somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I better be kind today so that. What? He's thinking of tomorrow. It's <laughs> he, also a natural man to have kindness that doesn't include the calculation of tomorrow. Why is a man, a natural man, kind to his neighbor? Because it's his neighbor. Because if you are out of your house and your house is on fire, who is going to go in there and quench the fire? Are you getting me? So it's in your natural interest to be kind to your neighbor. But that is not what they call kindness. This word kindness is actually talking about goodness that is irrational. It's beyond the rationalization of the natural. It envieth not. Mm. Now, can you, can you see why that word does not tally with natural life? Yeah. It is almost as if, it's almost impossible. Yes, because the world is driven by envy. Yes, Everything. Anywhere in this world where you go where there's progress, go and check it. At the, at the core of it is envy. Yes, you are constantly checking, what is the other person doing? Yes, they must not do better than I am. Yes, Amen. Yes, you will... <laughs> Even the way corporations operate, yes, amen, and even natural life, the mm. men are driven by envy yes, naturally. Yes. The benchmark of what your neck, your this year, your target for this year mm. is what your neighbor achieved last year. Yeah. That's how men measure. Men compare themselves yeah. with themselves. Yeah. That's the way of the natural world. Are you seeing that? Yes, now, if you take a natural man and say, "Don't do all those things," it's like telling natural man, "Stop living." Because all the natural man's life is tied to all these properties that we mentioned. Are you seeing that? Mm-hmm. But then, now, when they speak of charity, charity is now bringing in, it's now telling you that what charity is saying to the soul, the preaching of charity is that instead of living for this life, live for another life. Charity is telling you you can trade this life for another. Charity is a charity soul is a soul that has been purged from respect for the present. Or that has been purged fully from regard for the present. So, so when you say, why can a charity so love the way it does? Mm. Yeah. They say chari- putting on charity, which is the bond of perfect, perfectness. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 5 says, Does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked. See that word, seeketh not her own. What kind of word is that? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever got to anywhere in this world they say don't seek your own? <laughs> you, you got employed in a company orientation day. <laughs> they say that in this company um, we don't look at our, our balance sheet. We don't uh, we have no accounting department. Um, we don't seek our own. The reason why we exist is so that the other our competitor might do, <laughs> might do better. 
Seek everything in this world is that way. Yeah. The anywhere you go, you, they put you first. Yeah. It's about you. Yeah. It's about you first. Mm-hmm. Why is that? It's because the world cannot see anything more yes. than the present. That and what does that mean? It means that the world is not, the world is not prophetic, mm. or that's not the world. The world is prophetic, mm. you know, in a dark sense. In other words, the world sees something else. Yes, sir. Right. Mm-hmm. The world sees the beastly life. Yeah. That's where it is actually is seeing that as at its own vision, but when it comes to how it's it's affecting the hearts of men. The world blinds the heart of men mm. from the seeing of God. Mm. To, from seeing another life mm. beyond the natural life. Mm. Are you seeing that? Yes, sir. Amen. So, mm. Christ, are we seeing, so the learning of Christ is an escape from, the, from fixation mm-hmm. on the present. Yes, sir. That is the liberty yeah. of Christ in Christ. It's, it breaks a soul free yeah. from its fixation on the present. Yeah. It is the fixation on the present that will make a brother not love his brother. Mm. It's the fixation on the present that makes a soul selfish. Mm. That will make a soul, you have something, mm. your brother is in need, mm. and he comes to tell you, I'm in need. And the need is clear, and then you pray for them and ask them to go. But you have what it takes mm. to meet the need. Mm. But in your calculation, you know that that thing is needed for tomorrow. Mm. You have all that needs you need. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. It's, it's, it's a fixation on the present or lack of prophetic stamina that makes a soul not forgive. When he's wrong, mm. makes a soul not forgive. So you see, a soul is the wrong calculation. Like it's a calculation of death. Mm. Unforgiveness is a calculation of death. Mm. Is a is a mathematical calculation that's equal to death. You know that's unforgiveness. Is a is a is a calculation. When the soul is not forgiven, the soul is calculating something, and at the end, the soul is decided to die. I'd rather hold the grudge and die than forgive and live. Mm. Is a, is a calculation whose answer is death. Mm. Why? It's the present. Mm. Yeah. What makes a soul not forgive where a soul can hold a grudge against another person is lack of prophetic strength. Mm. It's lack of or to see beyond. See beyond the present, your present life. Your present person, mm. who you are, because who they offended, there's nobody who has offended your, the, who, nobody here has, has offended your person in the world to come. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, when you say I, I was offended, who they offended is the man that needs to die. Yeah. That old man yeah. is the one who got offended. Yeah. Are you getting it? Yeah. So anytime a person chooses to not to forgive, 
is they've done a calculation where they took side with the present. Mm. They took side with the old man mm. who's supposed to die. Mm. And the old man said, no, it's not time to die. Oh, let us be here. Let us die. This offended us. We have to stay. We have to retaliate. We have to package ourselves. We have to make sure we are not exposed. We are, I used to know those, those conversation of the old man. Mm. Let, ah, we shouldn't be exposed like this. So if we are not careful, they will do it again. Oh, they will keep offending us. Who's talking? He's the old man. The old man who the old man is the man of vanity. Mm. Is the man of the present. Mm. The old man is the enemy of Christ. Mm. The enemy of the new man. Is mm. the enemy of newness. Is mm. the, the old man is the enemy of newness of life. Is mm. the enemy of preciousness. Is mm. the enemy of Christ. Mm. Amen. Amen. So, uh, are you seeing how the answer to all our issues of our carnal problems is prophecy, prophetic nature? That's all. So, what's the prophetic nature? A nature that sees beyond the present, and in accurate definition, is a nature that can actually see God, because God is the highest form of life. And the word of God is the word of the highest life. Mm. What is God? God is the life for which every other life must die mm. to attain. Mm. 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 It's the life for which every other life must give way mm. to attain. Praise God. So, you see, the learning of Christ is, a, is actually a, a way to wind up, wind up the soul. Wind up the soul. How do how they, want to, they want to wind up the soul into a prophetic posture? That's what Christ does. To wind up the soul into a prophetic posture that can begin to sight God. That can begin to see the life of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Am I making sense to you? <laughs> Does this make sense to us? Yes, so are you seeing that? that it says spirit of prophecy. Spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy. Yes. yes. The spirit of prophecy. is the spirit that sees the higher life. Mm. Mm. So that spirit of prophecy which, which the fullness of Christ unlocks is the is the one who sees the life, the ultimately invisible life. Father, we thank you. We give glory to your name. Okay. Um, let's see that Revelation chapter 5. Let's go to Revelation chapter 5. Do you know what makes men not like Revelation? It's because of lack of, lack of, it's lack of orientation mm. 
towards the prophetic. Mm. Towards the prophetic. Mm. 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 Yeah. When you are when you are too in love with the here and now, you are in love with the. When you are too in love with the pleasure, the orientation towards the prophetic, it's what it it's when that is installed in a person. You. And and that's what the world does, right? The world is that the world is to kill every prophetic tendency in the soul. The world, you see the pleasures of the world, the mm. comforts of life mm. that the world promises. You know, that's the promise of the world. Yes. The world doesn't promise a man anything more. Mm. Mm. In fact, the world is, don't think too much. Don't think. Just, this is all the promise the world gives you. It's just you will be comfortable. Yeah. And that's what we all strive for. Yeah. That comfort of life. Yeah. See, that is the enemy of prof- prophetic nature. Yes, it, oh, prophetic nature is a nature that is not content. When you go and meet a prophet that came to make you comfortable, he will look at you and and ask you, what is comfort to me? Mm. What is comfort to a prophet? Mm. Who is a prophet? He's not concerned with the present anyway. Why are you trying to make him comfortable in the present? Mm. Yes, like John, it's like going to going to John the Baptist. John, we came to the wilderness, so we knew you were out here, and I, and I don't know what you are seeking here. But we came, we brought tractor, we brought, we came to build a house for you. In your house, there will be dishwasher, there will be washing machine, there will be dryer, there will be nice bed and linen and everything for you. We'll hire a cook for you. We'll be cooking for you morning, afternoon, and night. Everything that you want. We'll bring a wife for you to marry. You have children. <laughs> and you come and tell John. We, you, we feel John, that's your, maybe, your, and John will, what would John say? John will say that. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Because comfort, say comfort. Comfort is the greatest enemy of the prophetic life. The comfort is an energy. It wants to force you. Stay here now. Enjoy here. Just be okay. Stay here. Don't think too much. Don't think about tomorrow. Don't think about the spirit. The spirit is not your business. You don't see it. Why are you trying to look for it? Stay in the realm of what you can see, what you can feel, what you can touch. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's why you must never give a man an amount of pleasure or comfort that is greater than his prophetic strength. Mm. It will kill him. Mm. Now, that is the, what the, the devil has done to the Western world. Mm. The, the Western world, because of too much emphasis on prosperity, mm. they, they elevated prosperity mm. above the, the things of God. Above the word of God, above the life of God, what happened after a while? That prosperity began to what kill the, the prophetic appetite of, and you see, you see, comfort can kill, can slay a whole nation. Prosperity can can swallow up a whole nation's prophetic destiny. 
That was the dance that God and God and Israel were always playing. Now they enter into trouble. Yeah. What will happen? They start calling on God. Yeah. God delivered them from trouble. Bring a season of prosperity. They will forget God. <laughs> then God has to bring another. <laughs> he has to bring another. Yeah. Find another way to of austerity. Said the shuru has waxed fat, forgotten the Lord. The shuru is Israel. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. Amen. These are lessons for all of us, right? Don't when when comfort is coming to you, discern that which God is bringing. And that which the devil is bringing. You know, the Bible says he has also given us all things freely to enjoy. But you have to know, know when the devil is pushing it. Yeah. And when God is the one leading. Yeah. Into, because the blessings of God they will make rich. Yeah. Those riches is not talking about you become physically rich. If God blesses you, and he said that blessing will make you rich. God's blessing will not make your soul die. Yeah. The first point of riches is to enhance your inward riches mm. that might, might now begin to manifest on the outside. Mm. But you make, and then they added no sorrow. Do you know what sorrow is? Sorrow is when it's a heart, a man's heart, his appetite, his panting, his longing, no longer tendance towards God. Mm. That, is, that is sorrow. That's a sorrowful state. A soul, if you want to find a really, a, if you want to find a miserable soul, find a soul whose sole aim is pleasure. Yeah. You find people who seek pleasure the most are the most miserable people. Yeah. Because pleasure is very elusive. Because pleasure itself doesn't satisfy. Yeah. It's a lie, it's an illusion. Yeah. That this thing will make you very, very happy. By the time you get it and you're not holding it, huh, it's not, there's no happiness inside it. Too. Then sorrow will fill your heart. Then you you would think, oh, what is? I need something. Maybe it's because it's not big enough. Let me get a bigger one. Yeah. This will make me more accomplished. Then when you get a bigger one, you've gotten a bigger sorrow. Yeah. The sorrow that will, that will be bigger than the sorrow of the last one. Yeah. But the blessings of God, He make it rich, and He added no sorrow. Praise God. Hallelujah. The blessing of God is anything God gives you that that. Fires up your, the 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 flame of your your longing for him. Mm. It it ignites the flame of your desire for him. Mm. It fans the flame. That is real blessing. Mm. Praise God. Any relationship in your life that doesn't fan the flame, that doesn't fan your, your prophetic flame, is not blessed. Mm. Anything in your life that doesn't fan that flame is not blessed. Mm. So not everything is blessed. Am I correct? You can be doing a job that's not blessed. I can tell you all of our jobs are not blessed. There's nobody really doing a blessed job. All of us. Are you working to work for a man, some company somewhere? He's not blessed. You are the one who's carrying blessing, going there to work. (laughs) Am I correct? (laughs) The money they give you is unrighteous. Jesus called it the unrighteous mammon. It's just that you should be, you must be more blessed than your job. So that when the money enters your hand, you can turn it. And a righteous man in the hand of a righteous man can become righteous by virtue of how blessed he is. But give unrighteous man unto an empty soul. 
it, it will turn into sorrow. The soul will become more sorrowful. Like the sorrow of, the sorrow of Judas after he, he sold his master. And the, the day the sorrow hit him was the day they brought the money. Take oh, Judas, you've done very well. You've sold your master. What a great thing you have done. Now, today is your great day of reward. Take your 30 pieces of silver. The, the, the moment the thing landed in his hand. The moment it landed in his hand. What happened? The, the deepest sorrow of his soul. I've sold my master for nothing. He couldn't handle it. It was that sorrow that made him kill himself. Vanity. Amen. Vanity is the enemy of man. Anything that comes to that promises satisfaction but is vain is going, going to cause death on the inside. Am I making sense? Are you seeing that? So, are you seeing, so when you see a soul who is not who grows grows weary easily when you are talking about the invisible mm. you're talking about you're bringing you're talking about revelation mm. things that are unseen mm. you are bringing things that do not that don't naturally find their place in the in the in the present mm. but rather speak of realities to come mm. when a soul is getting weary at such things is a sign to me I, I believe this test any day any time mm. the, the, the how you know that you are Sleeping mm. is when you begin to get weary of hearing. Mm. That's a good measure of your mm. of the state of your soul. When mm. when you're hearing, how much appetite are you having mm. for the invisible? Mm. That is a sign of a prophetic disposition mm. of a prophetic man. Mm. And, and and these words are powerful. Say word of Christ. Cry. The words of Christ. The words of Christ, mm. the revelations of Christ. Mm. You know those things are, that the word of Christ is actually a sword mm. to separate a man from the present. Mm. Is to peel and break the union mm. that a man has with the present. When a soul has fallen in love with natural comforts mm. and things of this life, mm. you need. Christ mm. to come. So Christ comes to, like I said, he winds up the soul. Mm. It steers the soul into the spiritual. Mm. It pushes the soul away from the natural things, mm. from vanity, and steers the soul into the way of the spirit. Mm. And in the way of the spirit, that the soul begins to gather appetite and hope and longing for God, mm. for the invisible. And when the soul gets to the fullness of Christ, you see, it means the soul has inherited fully the prophetic spirit. Mm. Amen. 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 Am I making sense? Yes, Are we making sense this yes, morning? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's see Revelation chapter 5. Amen. Just, thank you, Father. It says, Verse 6, And I beheld and lo in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, right? Having seven horns and seven eyes, 
which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the, the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and thou hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God priests and kings, or oh, sorry, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And we shall reign where? On the earth. earth. Say we shall reign. We shall reign. On the earth. The word reign. Say reign. Reign. On the earth. On the earth. I want us to zero in on that phrase. We shall reign on the earth. Reigning on the earth. Reigning on the earth. You can just think about that maybe as naturally as reigning physically. Be a king taking over and reigning. Amen. Let's say you want to interpret it that way. I, will, I won't fight you. I'll say, okay, that's fine. Maybe let's say that is what you mean. Or that's what this place, is, this place means. But I will then go further and say, okay, let's say a kingdom is, you are a king is reigning physically on the earth. Let us trace the, that reign, R-E-I-G-N, right? Okay, why is he reigning? Why is someone else not reigning? means that rain has to do with inward content mm. right the rain on the earth mm. is is actually when you trace rain you would trace you always trace it to a spiritual source mm. right mm. raining means what raining is one a wheel subduing another mm. or a wheel subduing another set of wheels mm. and wheel is gains fountain from the within yeah. of men. Yeah. Let's say, oh, this kingdom is raining. Why, how are they raining? They rain by, by virtue of their constitution. They will go and read the constitution. <laughs> they say the constitution says, this nation, this, that is the laws of the nation. Mm-hmm. Then how did the constitution get there? Because if this constitution is what is making them rain, mm-hmm. then you get to the constitution and it's a bunch of words. Mm-hmm. They, who wrote the words? You have to trace it to men who had inward process. That is more superior mm-hmm. to maybe the inward process of the other nations, mm-hmm. of the men who wrote the constitution of other nations. Mm-hmm. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Are you getting? Yes, sir. Let's see the United States of America, for example. What, by all clarity, what makes the, new, the nation great is their constitution. Mm-hmm. There are so many things in there. 
apart from just the structure of the government, mm. that makes it very hard for, even, even though there's corruption, but corruption can hardly take over completely mm. because of the checks and balances and all of that, which, is, mm. which, which are enshrined in their constitution. Mm. If one man can't come and take over the whole nation, it's going to be very hard. Praise the Lord. They, there's all of that. They, you now look at all the other things, the emphasis on freedom, individual liberty. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. The freedom of speech. Many, many, many things that were written into the constitution of the nation that eventually, actually decades and decades after it was written, gradually shot the nation up to become the greatest nation on the earth. Long after even the men who wrote the constitution have died. And any, any reasonable person who, can, who studies the U.S. will tell you for a fact what separates them from the nations of the earth is their constitution. Mm. That no other nation on the earth has such a constitution. Mm. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So it means that the thoughts of men who came down, is it 16 something, and gathered together to write a document. Mm. Are you hearing me? Is ensuring natural dominion of a nation. Centuries after. Mm. 18, sorry, what did I say? 16 something. <laughs> Amen. Mm. I think it was, it was in the 1860s or so. Praise God. Hallelujah. Sorry, I'm not American. I don't know details of when they were. Amen. Amen. Hey, why are you getting my point? Decades and decades after those guys left, he's still holding the nation to. Some so of the recent. Amer- Events in that nation could have, for any other nation of the world, would have been a civil war right now. People killing people, government overthrowing government. But no, it will not happen because of just words that men wrote to set up system of governance where with checks and balance. Are you getting me? So, in, so if you want to look at that, you're, what you are seeing is those words are will. It's a will of thoughts. It comes down to thoughts in the hearts of men about a nation. That is constituting in dominion, in a, at least in a natural level. Are you seeing what I'm saying? That is so. It means that the, the thoughts of those men was more powerful than the thoughts of other nations founding, I guess, in fathers or documents. So you always trace dominion. So when you say shall reign on the earth. Reign always has to do with thoughts. Inward kind of thoughts. Calculation. Reign has to do with judgment on the inside. Amen. Amen. So I dare say that those men who wrote it for the construction for the nation, it means that they had some ideals on the inside of them, which most likely were Governing principles by which they were using to rule their own lives. So before there can be any rain on the earth physically, the the rain is already embodied by men. And that is also how that is how also the rain of the kingdom will also be. It will also be rain, dominion. That is embodied by men who will eventually spread from men to men 
to men, to men, to men. That will at some point be evident physically on the earth. But that's not the core of this. So you see what he's speaking about here is, you see that redemption. Verse 9. Revelation 5 verse 9. says, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests. And we shall reign on the earth. So, in order to reign, mm. something must happen. Mm. You, we must be made unto our God, mm. kings and priests. Mm. Praise God. Are we ready to open this up? Yes, Are we sure? Yes, sir. Do we have appetite yes, sir. this morning? Praise God. Hallelujah. And has made us unto our God, kings and what? And priests. And then we shall do what? Reign on the earth. Now, kings and priests, but it's actually priesthood, really, before kingship. Because a king is the executioner of the law. But the priesthood is the origin Mm. of the law. So when you see a nation like the U.S. America, they had priests. Those men who wrote the constitution were the priests of the nation. They were the founding priests of the nation. Mm. And what they wrote was a priestly document in a natural sense. Amen. Amen. So, at the core of reigning, say reigning. How many of us are interested in reigning? This is the time for reigning, no? Yes, sir. <laughs> that's the season that we are, we are in now. Mm. We are in this, that season of, of reigning, where they're bringing about the reign. But first, we have to, first of all, reign in life. Amen. Amen. Right? Yes, sir. Then later we will reign in eternal life. Mm. But the reign of life is what the fullness of Christ is about. The fullness of Christ is to bring about the reign of life. To cause souls and saints to reign in life. It's time for believers to begin to reign in life. Thank you, Jesus. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It is time. It is time. It's time. For us to begin to reign. I, I am seeing the, they are being, well, that's what they are beginning to do this year. They begin to unveil the, all the, the secret and detailed instructions of reigning. How to reign in life. 
the reign of Christ, to bring about the reign of Christ, to bring about the reign of life. And because that reign is, first of all, in you, you are the earth to start with. You are the earth that Christ needs to reign in. Because the reign of life ends the reign of sin. The reign of Christ ends the reign of sin. A sin should no longer reign in your mortal bodies. Do you, are you, do you understand the meaning of that word? So they are, they are, they are showing you a state before immortality. They, are, they didn't say that sin will no longer reign in your immortal body. It's very clear by the time. They are, but they are talking about before you move into everlastingness and eternal life, which is immortality. Mm. While you are still in your mortal bodies, you come into a time when sin will no longer reign in your mortal bodies. That season is the, is the season of the reign of Christ. When, when Christ is, has begun to reign in the man, sin has stopped his reign. Right? We're looking at the type of that in the law called Aaron on Wednesday. Right? Aaron, that, or the, the high priest of that Kedar, which who hasn't yet in, gotten into everlasting or eternal life, right? which he didn't, but had gotten to a place where he, was, he no longer needed to, he didn't need to offer any goat for his own sin, but he only had to offer for himself. Right, it's because he had gotten to a point where he no longer sins the way Israel sins. Yes. So he will receive the goats for Israel for their sin offering, and he will do the whole sacrifice and confess their sins upon one of them and, and set it free, and then take the blood of the other for the nation. Are you getting me? Even though, even though he himself was mortal, in a sense, are you getting me? Yes, so, so if according to his own law, which was, which was the law, of course, if you bring the law of Christ to Aaron, he will fail. Because he did not have, was not under grace. You, you need, the way reign of Christ happened is by grace. That those of us who have received the gift of the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Christ. So the reign of Aaron was not the reign in life of Christ. It was a reign in the law. Are you getting me? So it means that he had moved beyond sinning against the law. So he was a type of fullness of Christ that has not yet fully attained fullness of God. Are you getting me? Amen. Amen. So, so you see the core, at the core of reign is priesthood. Mm. That's just what I want to show us today. That thing called the priesthood. Mm. That's where the actual, if you want to trace, where did the material of reigning come from? The stature. The things that, some, that constitute the soul who has the ability to reign. It is... It has to do with the, it comes from the priesthood. Yes. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. But but now by the time rain is ongoing, by the time raining starts, are we blessed this morning? Yes, Amen. Amen. I mean of course I'm excited to, to learn about raining. Raining in life. Left to me, I, I, this, I've been longing for this to let them. I want more light to be shared. Mm. I want more light to be shared about it. And God is not a wicked God, will not just come and talk about, about fullness of Christ and, and go away. And let's move on to another thing. Mm. <laughs> no, he's gonna, they're going to talk to us. We are going to, means that, that as we are going through this experience faithfully, you will begin to come into tangibility. Mm. Souls will begin to bear fruits, serious fruits of life. Amen. You see, souls will begin to gain great inoculation and resistance against the sins that plagues men. Amen. Pure, be able to measure our purity of work of righteousness Amen. by by virtue of of purity. Amen. So there is a journey between. There is a journey between. The, the inception of the materials of raining mm. and the execution of rain. Mm. Which is the which the which is the process of redemption, mm-hmm. praise God. Hallelujah. That results in the actual raining on the earth. So when they say rain on the earth, it's talking about the manifestation mm. of rain. Mm. Think about in a man, mm. the manifestation of rain, mm. which is the point where sin no longer reigns in the mortal body yeah. of a man. Yes, Amen. Amen. There's something that connects the priesthood and the dominion. The priesthood and the and the carrying out of rain. Hey, praise God. Hallelujah. This the, the problem we've had is the priesthood has not been interpreted. The priesthood has not been properly what? Interpreted. interpreted to us. So, and when the priesthood is not fully interpreted, we will, will be lovers in word and not in deed. There's between a lover in word and a lover in deed. A lover in deed is a reigner. The, 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 the true commission of a priest is word. That's the, real, that's the real commission. What has been committed really to a priest. So a priest's lips should keep knowledge. They should seek the law at his mouth. That's the skill of a priest. is the keeping of priestly words. Uh, 
Are you getting me? The priest is a priest. The priestly realm is a revelation realm. When you go to priestly world, they live in word. They are they are close to the covenant. They hold the the test the testament the details. Say the covenant of my be with Levi, right? The covenant of life and peace. Covenant of life and peace. Covenant of life and peace. What is covenant? Covenant is the rewriting of an agreement. So you know that when you go to the priest, inside his mouth has the, is the covenant, the words of life and peace. Do you know that the handling of revelation is a priestly work? How many of you know that? The handling of revelation is what? Is a priestly operation. Priestly life. Many of us have been introduced to priestly life without knowing. We all know that some of us think of priests as someone who is wearing a garment, maybe in a Catholic church and doing the, the censor and all that. Thank God for those priests. I'm not saying such people cannot be priests. Or they are not priests per se. All I'm saying is that that in itself is not what priesthood is about. That sitting down under the tutelage, learning the details of the new covenant, which is what, by God's grace, we are doing, is a, is a more priestly activity than going to stand and officiate a church service or taking confession. God bless you, my child. When was the time since your last confession? It's been 365 days. The Lord have mercy on your soul. <laughs> Go and do ten hail Marys and uh, praise God. Thank God for all those things. But that is not priestly. The person who can come and confess and then, but nothing has happened. They haven't had interactions with the covenant. The priestly realm is where souls interact with their law, where the 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 point of interaction with say you should you should seek the priest lives should keep knowledge. You should seek the law. So what the priesthood delivers are the writings, mm. the words. The priesthood constores mm. the words mm. of the covenant. Mm. So when you are, when you are living a, a, a revelatory life, mm. you are living a priestly life. The closer you are to priesthood is the closer you are to the revelation mm. of the life. How many of you are, are you hearing me? Yes, are you getting? Yes, you know, if God wants to cleanse a, a let's say God wants to cleanse a region of people, to, to bring cleansing about, mm. just send a priest there. Mm. Who is a, a priest who carries the covenant of cleansing? Mm. Who has the word of cleansing? And, and the moment the priest begins to open up the covenant, yeah. begin to teach it, begins to say it, begins to tear it open, begins to break it down, begins to announce it, you begin to, you begin to disturb what the activities of righteousness. See, priests are, priests are weapons of God against sinful life. When a priest comes, he makes sin uncomfortable. Even the hidden sins, you know, you know how, how sins hide? Sin hide under ignorance. Mm-hmm. Lack of searching, piercing light. Mm-hmm. And what pierces into the recesses where sinfulness is hiding is priestly sword. The, the, the lips of the priest mm-hmm. comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it tears down. You see, 
you know, religion sometimes can, is a cloak, can be a cloak of sin. That's why religion without true priesthood can never be potent against sin. Because it will be covering hidden sins under. But it takes the priestly lips to begin to open the details of the covenant. Amen. Amen. That will begin to expose. Priest, so priesthood. Say priesthood. priesthood. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Am I making sense to you? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Priesthood removes the shelter that sin has found in the lives of men. When a priest comes, man becomes uncomfortable because of the savour of knowledge, of revelation. Am I making sense to you? But there's a connection between the priesthood is, should now, should every priesthood should, re, should result in reigning. That's the point. That's what makes the, the New Testament powerful. The New Testament is the, test, is the testament that marries priesthood with the dominion and with the reign. So the New Testament marries the priesthood of life with the reign of life. Amen. Amen. Now I, I was seeing something in the scripture. Um, the, I was just seeing, uh, praise God. Amen. I was seeing the journey of how God dealt with Israel. You know how they became a nation. Amen. God gave them the law, of course, in the wilderness. Praise the Lord. And they, they carried the law. And at, at, one, at a point, all they had in Israel were, they were, praise God. Israel did not always have a king. Am I correct? Yes, sir. They did not always have a king because to God, the way he was leading the nation, it doesn't mean there was no dominion expression. But there was a way it was there. It was implied somehow. Israel did not have a king. They had priests. They had priests. They had priests until the time of, around the time of Eli, when the time of Eli came, God, you know, God foresees. God can see in a nation, God can see the problem a nation will have in 50 years. And because of that, God can make somebody that can make someone be born today and be raising him and preparing him to solve the problem that the nation will have in 50 years. Do you, do, you, do you believe in the concept of God raising a man and say, hey, this man was raised for such a time as this? Yes, sir. And then he just comes and he saying, wow, thank God you came. Yes, sir. Yep. He just say, wow, thank God for bringing you. But what you just said, you, you are in that statement, you are implying that, I mean, if it's, a time, if it's really a solution, no man becomes, becomes a solution to a problem in one day. Mm -hmm. yeah. It means that there was a time when God foresaw the problem yes, years ago mm -hmm. and was raising that man to be a solution to that problem. That's the way God operates. Praise God. So when Israel came and demanded, we want a king, give us a king. That's not the first, that's not the first time God became aware that a king will rule Israel. How many of you believe that? So, so do you think that it was just all of a surprise? Ah, 
We want a king. God say, hey, we will ask for king now. So who, who on the earth can we look for? Let's go and look for somebody. God is not like that. God knew they would ask for a king. God has been, God has been preparing the pathway. To, and to me, the first time I saw the sign of God preparing to give Israel a king was right from the time of Eli. And it was about the issue, what made the Lord close Hannah's womb was because of the king that needed to be given to Israel. Yes. Yes. Do you know why? I'll tell you why. Because just the... When the... the to, to bring forth a king, which we are about to be done, please, but I also want to get, if we can get this across, this is a wisdom that God displayed through Israel. The, the real order, the true order of bringing forth a king, because a king is to come and execute a dominion. And the core of dominion is the priesthood. So, all the king to do, it, it, it truly, the work of a king is come and do the word in the mouth of the priest. Come and interpret, into, come and marshal the kingdom and align the kingdom to be an image of the word in the priesthood. So a king is not someone who should just go there and anything that enters his head, he does. That, that's, not the, that's not God's order of, of dominion. Mm-hmm. You, are you getting me? Yes, now, you now see something. God did not just transition from Eli. God did not say, okay, God of course, Eli, Eli died. Mm-hmm. So God must have known he would die. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. The way God brought the king, God did not even just appear to somebody and say, mm-hmm. or to Saul and say, tonight mm-hmm. you will be my king over Israel. Mm-hmm. If he, he, let's, say, let's say Saul, Saul who is a Benjamite, he knows nothing about the priesthood. He knows nothing about the laws of yeah. God. Yeah. Let's say God has appeared to him at night and says, Saul, 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 tomorrow you'll be a king over Israel. We thought Saul did bad. What he would have done would have been, <laughs> what he did would have been good compared to okay. What, okay. We, okay. what he would have done. Hmm. Are, are you getting me? Yes, yeah. Yeah. God had to plan because... You know, you know that. So, so this is just t- t- telling you something. You cannot reigning cannot be divorced from priesthood. Mm. That's the problem with Christians who want to reign dominion, 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 but they know nothing mm. concerning the New Testament. Yes, sir. Mm. I pity for a Christian soul who is who, want, who is obsessed with reigning, but has not sat down under the revelatory priestly instruction mm. of the Lord. Mm-hmm. You will not interpret God. You will be you will be reigning. You will be interpreting the dominion of the enemy of God, mm. and you think is the is dominion of God. 
So for a soul to reign on the earth, mm. praise God, that the core of the dominion of the reign of life is the riches of the priesthood, which is the riches of the knowledge of the covenant. So for God to bring a king in Israel, Saul, Amen. Amen. If the first thing he must have looked at, okay, this ally now is a problem. He looked at him, he looked at the state of the priesthood, he looked at his sons, his sons were misbehaving to start with, all of them. Yeah. Amen. Okay. They, are, they, they are taking oh, the whole thing, the whole priesthood, <laughs> as their own. <laughs> Amen. Amen. By the time guys bring offering to the temple, before God, before they release it to God, they will take their own tithes from inside. <laughs> they, will take, they will take their portion. They will, and they will keep portion for their father. <laughs> In other words, they brought their own ordinances. Amen. So, of course, God had to clean up the priesthood. God had to raise another priest. That's why the Lord tied the, the, the womb of Aaron, like I said. And Samuel was not a, a Levite. Yeah. But God tied up the womb of his mother so that through a vow, she can buy into the priesthood. Yeah. And God made Eli to be there to receive her vow because Eli was the priest. Mm. To receive a vow. He himself, he didn't have any, he thought she was drunk. Yes, and she told him, no, I wasn't drunk. And all this is, I've just made request to God. And he said, what was the word? He said that may God answer you or something. Or maybe, let's read quickly. I'm sorry. Amen. Amen. Sorry, there's no time, but I just feel these things are important. We can just cite this thing. Um, First Samuel chapter one. Praise God. Let's see verse fourteen. Amen. <laughs> says, and Eli said unto her, First Samuel one fourteen. Eli said unto her, How long will thou be drunk? Put away thy wine from thee. And Anna answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count none thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. Amen. And she said, let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So she had to ask for that, right? So that the, the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Praise God. So you see, God made Eli to be there, and after she had made the vow to God. So because of that, God was found a man. He brought him into the tabernacle, and Eli now began to grow up. Praise God. And began to increase in the eyes of the Lord or in the sight of the Lord. Praise God. 
in, in chapter 2, you see that. The same kind of thing that is said about Jesus. Let's see. Chapter 2, verse, tw- um, chapter two, verse 26. It says, And the child Samuel grew on, right? And was in favor both with what? The Lord. Amen. Amen. So Samuel had been raised up in the tabernacle under Eli. Praise God. The Lord allowed him. Read verse 21. And the Lord visited Anna so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before who? Before the Lord. Verse 18. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child, girded with a linen linen ephod. So that linen is a type of high priesthood. It means that he was actually under high priesthood training under Eli. So he was actually growing into fullness. Because the linen under the Lord, the person who wears linen, is a type of a full Christ. Right? It's like a type of Aaron. Right? Amen. So Aaron, so Samuel actually grew into the peak of the priesthood. But that was, this was just the beginning of God's plan. God's goal at this time wasn't to keep Aaron in the tabernacle and to be doing atonement every year and to be taking care of the sins of the people. God just brought him. He was not a, a Levite. God brought him into the tabernacle. His destiny was to be a prophet. Samuel, yes. His destiny was to be a what? A prophet, not a priest. But to be a prophet, he must be a priest. Why? The prophet, the prophetic, is the interpreter of the priesthood. One, not only the prophetic is the is the one that trans that carries the priestly content mm. into the dominion expression. Mm. So now what? It is the prophet that connects the priesthood yeah. and the kingly and the throne. Mm. The prophetic. Mm. Am I making sense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so really, dominion expression is hidden in the prophetic. So Samuel's destiny is not to be was not to remain in the tabernacle with the words alone. His destiny was to move among the people. Let's read chapter 3. you see what the Lord said. Prophetic. Say prophecy. prophecy. So prophecy interprets the priesthood. Mm-hmm. You, need, you see the prophetic spirit. Am I correct? Yes, sir. So without the prophetic spirit, there will not be reigning. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Because the prophetic is what actually makes the way clear. Yeah. The way which the 
which the covenant is speaking about, the prophetic life is what brings it out. You see, prophet, after, after someone had been raised a full priest, he now began to move among the people and move into a prophetic office. Praise God. In verse chapter 3, verse 1, it says, And the, side Samuel, the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. What does that mean? That the word of God was short among the people. That would mean there was no interpretation of God's, of what was hidden in the tabernacle to the men of the day. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim, but he could not see. And then the lamp of, the, of God went out in the temple of the Lord and the ark of God was where the ark of God was. And Samuel was laid down to sleep. And the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here I am. And he ran unto Eli and they asked him, Praise God. So this is the whole story of when the Lord went to speak to Samuel. Praise God. Amen. And of course the Lord... Eventually spoke to him. Let us see what the Lord said. Um, verse 10. says, And the Lord came and stood and, and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak for thy servant, hear it. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. And in that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make and end. Praise God. And for I have told him I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth because of his sons made themselves vile and restrained he, he restrained them not. Praise God. Amen. Therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. Praise God. Amen. So if you read towards the end again um, you see where Eli was trying to inquire of Samuel what the Lord said, and eventually he told him, and someone said, Eli said, no, Allah. God said it, let it be so. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, you see, what happened to Samuel was eventually God, the, it's as if, if you read the book, you see, it's as if the oracle of God moved from, from within the temple mm-hmm. to inside a man. Praise God. Because after Eli died, there was nobody to carry the priesthood. In fact, the lamp actually went out. But there was a priesthood still. But the priesthood that had taken on a prophetic form. In other words, the priesthood entered inside the one man. Samuel. And Samuel must have left the tabernacle. I must have started walking around Israel. Mm. You see, the entire priesthood was, on, was in him. Mm. So, someone was carrying the priesthood mm. as a prophet. Mm. That speaks of New Testament kind of expression. Am I correct? Yes, sir. The way you and I, we don't go to anywhere to worship. Mm-hmm. But you should be carrying the priesthood. So, a man carrying the priesthood around is a prophet. That's who a prophet is. Mm. That's the definition of a prophet. Mm. A man who can carry the priesthood, who embodies the priesthood, and can walk with it. 
He carried the whole priest. In fact, when they, this saw tore his garment, it, it was like tearing the whole kingdom. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately that, that Salmon was wearing everything on him. These are prophetic types, right? Mm, yeah. They're actually for explanation of New Testament. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing that? It means, uh, means that from... So there is priesthood first without walking. Which is mainly just a time of where you are adding the gaining of the riches yes, of the word of Christ yeah. on the inside. Yes, but after a while, when the riches of that, like Samuel grew in the tabernacle yeah. and increased, after a while, it will lead to you become a, a priest who walks. A priest who is walking is a prophet. Yes, because he's a priest that has become a master of ways. Yes, The now, a, when a priest has become prophetic, you become a master of ways. The end of that is to be for you to become a king, to establish the kingdom. So, so you see that in in Samuel, that's what actually happened in Samuel. After a while, because that time was a season of judges in Israel, so judges are like kings too. But they are, they are kings according to the God's own pattern. Without the pomp and the, the thing that the Gentiles... You know, there's something the Gentiles put around kingship that Israel lost it after. Uh, you see? So Israel, they, they were not satisfied with just um, the embodiment of the dominion alone. That... You just come and say, oh, see the Lord, that kind of thing. They didn't like that. They're like, let there be a man with crown and everything who will sit down, who has... <laughs> Praise God. Are, are you seeing that? And God also permitted it. God also allowed it. But, but part of the reason why is because of a kind of failure. Normally, that, that shouldn't have happened. That was in terms of Israel having a king the way the Gentiles do. Israel's expression of kingship should have been more hidden in the prophetic. Mm. In other words, and that should have set them really apart mm. from of the nations of the earth. And if that had happened, it would have been hard for them as a nation to make mistakes. Mm. But what happened was, you see, the Samuel was raised by Eli. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Samuel was raised by who? Eli. Was raised by Eli. But the, even though God raised him well, yeah. but you found some of Eli's issues with Samuel. In the sense that Eli's sons had problems. The way Samuel's sons now began to develop problems means there was a problem with the continuity mm. passing on. From generation to generation. I, do you understand that? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and this one this is a very scary thing to me. When I read that thing, I'm like, wow. So you mean that Eli couldn't raise someone in such a way that Samuel can raise his kids? Mm-hmm. Then I realize that a man can't give what he doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Eli could teach him everything about the priesthood. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to transferring fear into your generations... Eli did not have that. Mm. 
Do you see that? So, so when it came time, Samuel, as normally he should have done, he put his sons as judges over Israel, which was an expression of dominion. But let's read it. Let's see. Because it was the failure of his sons, right, that triggered the people to demand for a king. Let's see. What, what chapter is that? That should be chapter... Let's see. Okay, chapter 8, First Samuel chapter 8. Amen. It came to pass when Samuel was old, right, that he made his sons judges over Israel. And now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abia, and they were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after luck, that's money. And they took bribes, right? And then perverted judgment. They perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but have rejected me, and I should not reign over them. Praise God. Uh, do you see that? So this was the idea of that, the shape of a king, a physical king came from. Amen. And so God had to heed to the, to the voice of the people. Amen. But what I, I want us to see is that connection between the way God established or the way God designed that judgment because judgment, praise God is what actually rules over sin Mm -hmm. right the way God has designed that judgment should happen or should flow is that it should flow out of the prophetic that's the design Mm -hmm. judgment should flow out of prophetic nature Mm -hmm. that's why it was the sons of Samuel who were supposed to be executing judgment but they erred in judgment Praise God. But then the people demanding the king and they say, we want to move into a different expression of dominion. And God said, okay, I'll meet you halfway. I will give you a king. Praise God. Amen. Um, if, you, if you are able to, to remember how the Lord went about choosing Saul, or how Saul became a king. How many of us remember that? You remember. It was an interesting process. Someone involved. They had to, heaven had to chart his course to meet the prophet. They had to do another arrangement. So it wasn't God now. God saying, okay, time of judges has ended. Now going to appear to Saul in the night. No. Otherwise, he can't be a king over Israel like that. He had to con- connect the prophetic anointing. Yes, sir. In other words, Saul had to become a prophet yes, for him to become a king. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I hope my stories are not boring. I've, I've closed my Bible. Praise God. Hallelujah. I hope it's not boring. No, 
Can I just have maybe five minutes, maybe? Praise God. So Saul had to become a prophet. If you are not a prophet, you can't be a king. If you are not a prophetic, you cannot reign in life. You must be, you must be prophetic. God's goal is not for Israel to look for a man to, to lead Israel like every other nation is led. Yeah. Israel is a prophetic nation. Yeah. The, the man who is leading Israel must have this, the ability to see the invisible. Yeah. He, he literally must be able to prophesy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He should be able to prophesy. Yes, sir. The height of the prophetic spirit we, we determine the accuracy of the rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, prophet, the prophecy is the shield against error. Yeah. Prophets, prophetic, prophetic, prophetic spirit is the, who is the one who, who ensures the integrity of judgment. Yes, sir. The day the soul starts being prophetic, you start making error. Yeah. Yes, because you lose sight of the invisible. Yes, sir. You won't be judging according to the spiritual pattern. You won't be judging now according to that which is to come. Yes, sir. You'll be judging according to the expediency of the moment. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Are you getting me? So, every soul who will, wants to reign in this season, you want to reign in, in life, you want to reign in Christ, there need to be a steering of your prophetic posture mm. in the spirit. Mm. Your sighting, your gaze towards that which is to come. Lifting up your eyes beyond the present, mm. beyond the expedient, mm. beyond the here and the now. Mm. You must have the ability to live with the sight of the future, mm. the sight of the invisible. Anybody who only thinks about what t- today or right now, who's only motivated by the present experience, you are not worthy to sit on the throne. Mm. You are not worthy to lead. Mm. You are not worthy of the kingdom. Mm. They said, said it this way, any man who put his plan on the plan looks back. Looking back is, a, is, a, is, the, anti, is the anti-prophetic nature. Mm. The prophet looks forward. Mm. He looks ahead. Mm. He doesn't look back. Mm. So any man who put his hand on the plow, what, 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 what are you looking back? Any man is looking back. He's looking at his possession. Yes. He's looking at what is left behind. Either his family, either his, his children or his wife. Or he's looking for things. Amen. Mm-hmm. And any man who put his hand on the plow and looks back is not fit for reigning. That's what it means. He's not fit for reigning. Praise God. Hallelujah. So Saul, the son of Kish, God had to do an act another episode to make his path align with the prophet. He made his, his Mr. Kish's yes. flock to go missing. Yeah. That's the father of Saul. Yeah. And then Saul had to take, took his servant. Yeah. Let's go and look for it. And when they were looking for it, then the, the servant just suggested, ah, there's one prophet in this land <laughs> somewhere. Maybe if we go to him, he yeah. can. Help us maybe see and tell us where the, the 
the flock went to. And they, after a while, Saul agreed and they went. And before they got there, God had already told Saul that the, the future king of Israel is coming. So Samuel being a prophet, he already knew, he knew what to do. And what was Samuel's job? Simple. Is to pour prophetic spirit mm. on Saul. Amen. Amen. To pour prophetic what? Spirit. spirit on Saul. So he arranged it that when Samuel will come, Saul will come, will be the time when he's going up to the mountain. To go and well, you know that mountain, and then he, when Saul came, he spoke and then he took him up with him. And they ate food. You know that food is not an ordinary food. <laughs> to eat with eat food with the prophet. <laughs> The day Saul ate that food. <laughs> and someone told him, don't worry, don't rush. Don't, you don't need to go back tonight. Just stay overnight with me. <laughs> Kai, may you, make, may you meet with your prophetic Amen. destiny. Amen. And it's just simple. Just get food with him. And all that and sent him on his way. When he was going on the way, heaven was still arranging it. As he was passing by, he saw prophets, psalmists, coming down from their own worship, singing their psalms. And as he jammed them, what happened? Spirit, prophetic spirit, came upon him. And Saul began to prophesy. And as he was prophesying, the Bible says that he changed it into another man. To reign, you must have changed. What changes is the prophetic spirit. I'll just read that one place, please, I beg you. Praise God. You can take your time and read all these things. Amen. On your own time. When you, when you have time. Amen. Yes. First Samuel chapter 10, right? So before, before Samuel let him go, Samuel anointed him. Verse 10 is, is verse 1, sorry. First Samuel 10. And then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, is it not because the Lord had anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? When thou art departed from me today, then thou shalt find two men by Rachel's sepulchre in the border of Benjamin in Zelzah. And they will say unto thee, The asses which thou wentest to seek are found, and lo, thy father had left the care of the asses and sorrowed for you, saying, What shall I do for my son? And thou then shalt thou go on forward from thence, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor, and there shall meet thee three men going up to God, to Bethel. One carrying three kids, another carrying three loaves of bread, another carrying a bottle of water. And they will salute thee and give thee, three, thee two loaves of bread, which thou shalt receive of their hands. And thou shalt come to the heel of God, where is the garrison of the Philistines. And it shall come to pass that when thou art come thither to the city, 
that thou shalt meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with psaltery. Psaltery means psalms and of course the music that goes with it. And a tablet and a pipe and a harp before them and they shall prophesy. And the spirit of the Lord shall come upon thee and thou shalt prophesy with them and shalt be turned into who? Into another man. Praise God. Hallelujah. And let it be that when these signs shall come, are coming to thee, that thou, that thou do as occasion serve thee, for God is with thee. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 11 says, And it came to pass when all that knew him before time. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Or, or let's read down. I just want to. Let's continue from verse 8. And thou shalt go down before me to Gilgal, and behold, and I will come down unto thee. To offer bond offerings and sacrifice sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days shalt thou tarry till I come to thee and show thee what shall what thou shalt do. And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, when he just began to go after being anointed and Samuel had prophesied to him these things, that God gave him another heart, and all those signs came to pass that day. And when they came thither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him. And the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. And it came to pass, when all that knew him before time saw that, behold, he prophesied among the prophets. Then the people said one to another, What is this that is come unto the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? And one of the same place answered and said, But who is their father before it came as a proverb? Is saw also among the prophet, and when he had made an end of prophesying, he came to the high place. Praise the Lord! Are, are you seeing that? So you see, and this is this is the pattern of kings for Israel. Kings of Israel should not be ordinary people. You saw you saw David's own. David's own. They had to. They worked out the prophetic nature on the inside of him. Of course, you know, David was a prophet too. He had the prophetic spirit. But he was so anointed, even by the time he was playing for Saul, he hadn't even yeah. he, he, he could he had so much anointing on him that could drive away evil spirits. Mm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. You know it was the prophetic nature of David that was able to make him stay in the caves. Mm. Amen. Even are you get what I'm saying? When you check David's pattern, David's way, he had sight, he valued the invisible more than the expedient. He displayed it when it was time to kill Saul. He said, no, how can I do this thing against God? Mm. means the throne was really nothing to him. He was seeing more than the earthly throne. Praise God. Hallelujah. I pray the Lord will help us today. I, I hope this message ministers to us. I hope it, it has made us see some things that, they, that God wants us to reign in life. Amen. But there are the fundamentals. We must, we must not joke with them in this season. Fundamentals being the, provi- the priestly provision, which are the riches of the word and the revelation, which should transition into prophetic living, prophetic nature, prophetic attitude. And from there, you begin to see the reign over sin, the reign of Christ. We begin to find expression in our lives. Let's just begin to bless God for, for today. Let's thank him. 
Mantalibara Duvescos, Ibreno Autofiscus, Matala Casuzai, Ayronsai, Ascama, or the Moshiva, O Mikaros, O Mikano, O Mikano, Amakano, thank you. Grace, God will give us grace to, to hear the testimony, to keep the testimony, because the prophets are those who keep the testimony, who, who are keepers of it, who are, who are keepers of the priesthood, that God will give grace, and He will make us priests and kings, kings and priests unto our God. And we shall reign on the earth. Mani halabasa, that sin will no longer have dominion over us. It will no longer have dominion in our mortal bodies. That sin will no longer dominate. But rather we'll receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness through which we will reign in life through Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our Lord, we just thank you for today. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for the grace to tarry, to not break away, but to follow your saying, your speakings, to, all, to receive all that you want to say to us today. Holy Ghost, I pray you will come and perfect this ministration and open it up more, bring out more of the riches of the truth which you want to pour into our soul. That every heart, every, every soul, every mind under the sound of my voice will come into the true essence of this word, the, the true import of this. That Lord will excel in priesthood, even in the prophetic, and will arrive at season of reigning, where we'll have great victories over the old man, over the flesh, over the carnal nature, and we'll reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. Thank you, our Father. We give all glory, all praise to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim.